Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Zero Today. Yeah, I sound a little loud on that special. <laughs> well, it's Friday and I know this is not the normally the normal day that I do uh broadcast, but uh I, I, I had to make an exception today to accommodate a very, very special guest that we're gonna be having on. So again, um uh, welcome to Zero Today. I am your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA. Here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. And as always, of course, you know, it's our goal to empower you, the listeners, to uh, knowing, being, and impacting the world around you. And, you know, that's what we try to do, to promote a, a knowledge that's engaging and transforming. And we always invite you, the listeners, to join us on this illuminating journey. And, of course, several ways you can do that. Uh, join us on the phone. It's the best way. Call it in, 347-237-5230. That is the number to call to get your thoughts, insights, opinions on the air. The chat room is open. So if you want to go to the chat room, go to Block Talk Radio and uh, click on the chat room. Uh, the link will take you there. You can get in on there. Uh, Facebook page, Zero Network. Yada yada yada, so forth and so on. <laughs> uh, I'm rumbling through some things. That's why I'm kind of fumbling over things. So apologize for that in advance. But we're glad to be here again. This is a Friday, and usually I'll be chilling. <laughs> but I'm glad that I was able to uh, accommodate my guests, and I do have a very special guest in the person of Dr. Janie uh, Mobley, who will be joining us shortly. Um, and we'll be talking about unveiling you. Is that's her? Uh, that's that's her ministry. That's her uh, her her. Uh, that's her life. <laughs> that's her job. That's her goal to help you see the yourself, your real self. And she'll be joining us shortly. And while I get everything out together, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer real quick. God, we thank you for grace and mercy. We praise you for 
allowing us another chance to do the show. We understand that it is by your mercy and grace that we are not consumed, and so we thank you. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. We pray. Amen. All right. Uh, before we go to um, to get to some headlines today, because there's a lot, a couple of things I really want to address. Uh, but first, I, I, I want to say that uh, I wanted to say thank you to those who came out on Wednesday evening to the New Bethel Amy Church as we had a festival for life. It was a wonderful event headlined by none other than Dr. John Perkins, uh, noted justice advocate, social justice advocate. He thought it not robbery to share his time and his wisdom with those who were in attendance. And I tell you, every time I get to share uh, time with Dr. Perkins, it's wonderful. Uh, he's one of those icons of civil rights who is often neglected, but is highly appreciated. You know, and speak, you know since tomorrow they will be uh, celebrating uh, the March on Washington that happened 50 years ago, uh, they're overlooking some of the more, more powerful uh, proponents and advocates of social justice social equity from that time uh because um and in particular Doc Perkins was message was radical and is still radical a radical message of justice altogether and not just racial justice but justice altogether he managed to tie in justice and life and uh um and, and the um how precious life is both the young and the old and the unborn, um, particularly in light of the things that have been happening within our, our country with Trevon Martin uh, last week with the two teenage, uh, with the three teenage boys in Oklahoma, and uh, also more recently, I think within the last couple of days, where we had these two young men uh, attacking World War II veteran in Spokane, Washington. And we'll talk a little bit about that. I don't want to jump ahead. Uh, but and, and these were all African Americans, you know, of course, boys. Uh, so, in light of that, in light of the young boys in in, in Georgia who killed a a child, a baby, in front of their mother, uh, uh, things like that. Um, and he addressed those things with 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 the only the, the, with the wisdom that time brings. And a way for us as blacks to address those social issues, uh, particularly those that challenge our young black men um, today. And it, it, it's I'm grateful for those who came out. It was a wonderful time. And if you can go to the New Bethel Amy Church Jackson Facebook page and catch some uh, pictorial highlights, and uh, there will be a YouTube video of Dr. Ch uh, Perkins' speech. Uh, that be up on YouTube hopefully shortly. I try to also have that link up on uh, my web page and my Facebook page. So uh, uh, it was a wonderful event, and I'm I'm glad that I was able to host it as pastor, as president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation of Mississippi, but most of all as uh, a young man who who has passion for this issue of life, not only because. Uh, uh, you know, beyond the political rhetoric, uh, I, I don't care too much for the political rhetoric. I don't care too much for the, you know, all the people who stand outside these abortion clinics and, you know, hold up signs. That's that's good and, and that's noble, and, and, and I'm sure most of those are sincere. But the biggest challenge is being uh, 
honest with yourself about the real issue. One one speaker Wednesday night said it this way: the issue is not about uh, abortion. It's not about fornication and adultery. We don't have that, but we have a sex problem. All of us are, every last one of us, especially those of us who are not married, we have to find a way to express that without, uh, uh, without, um, how can I put it? Well, we have to find a way to deal with it and not sweep it under the rug in our community and within ourselves. We're sexual beings, and we have to find a way to have sexual purity and sexual integrity. I, you know, that's easier said than not. I know from my own experience, but God, thank God for His mercy and grace. Uh, one other thing before I get into, I'm going to say back, segue back to this, uh, these young men I mentioned that uh, attacked us, us, the uh, World War II veteran. Uh, I saw a picture that really moved my heart. Um, we're aware of the uh civil unrest that's going on in Syria and in Egypt and uh uh what most people are not aware are that the people that are suffering the greatest in those areas are the Christians uh in Syria Christian churches are being burned uh the rebels are not caring whether those persons are supporters of the president or non-supporters they are they are on the you know they're just outright destroying those churches, and it's the same thing happening in Egypt. One headline read: um, One of the Coptic churches in Egypt had to cancel its mass for the first time in 1,600 years. Now, <laughs> I, I've had to cancel a service or two because of snow or whatnot, but a continual service of mass. For 1,600 years interrupted because of social unrest and civil unrest. I mean, wow. Uh, that says a lot about that. And uh, the soldiers are killing Christians. Uh, the Christians in that country are being highly persecuted. And uh, President Obama is being silent on ish- on that issue. As a matter of fact, he's being silent on a lot of things. And I, I don't, I can't say why. Or you know, it's not a big issue with him. Uh, Politically, you know, the churches don't matter uh, as they try to establish some type of um, democracy or whatever they want to call it. Um, but there have been hundreds of Christians who have been killed just because they are Christians. Muslims are are killing the Christians. And the same thing was happening in Nigeria. And again, uh, as the Muslim majority in, in Nigeria was fighting, they were killing Christians. They were burning churches. You know, they were doing all of this. And, uh, uh, you know, just because they could. And I I don't think it has been brought to the attention of the American church enough, but it is. It's a big deal, and we shouldn't just be praying for them. We should be, uh, for those missionaries who are there, uh, praying for their safety, but also seeking out the justice that we would, if that were occurring here in the States, we would be radically seeking. So, hey, that's my two cents on that matter. Uh, now, back to this, these kids. I I I am highly upset uh that these young men have been um I I just put it you know the, right now our young black men are in in trouble they're in trouble psychologically they're in trouble educationally they're in trouble um judicially legally they're in trouble and they're in trouble because uh call it what you want 
you you can you can say that there are not enough opportunities for them. There are far too many opportunities. The problem is, from my perspective, and I'm just saying it, yeah, you know, this is my opinion, I just don't think we have trained them or taught them or pushed them to take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, I, I, when I was when I was teaching, the biggest thing I heard about why these kids, why my students in particular didn't want to work, they didn't want to work at a fast food joint, a restaurant. When I was in high school, man, if you got a job at McDonald's, you were balling. If you got a job at the local grocery store, you know, you were balling. If you had a job, period, mowing yards where you got money stable, <laughs> you know, regular money, a paycheck, you were balling. Now these kids, you know, if it doesn't I, – I, I never understand why uh, why this is, but you know, they don't want to work. There's a story that has been circulating, and I read it, where one of the interns for P. Diddy, uh, whatever he goes by now, Sean, Com- Sean Combs, uh, uh, is suing uh, Sean Combs, suing because she was hired as an intern and was doing menial jobs. In other words, when she got hired, she wasn't expecting to run errands, you know, take phone calls, you know, regular stuff interns do. She wasn't expected to do that. She was expecting to be in the spotlight, run with the stars, whatever it was, and because she felt that she was being underpaid or probably not paid at all, uh, you know, she is now suing. And some lawyers defending her and hoping to get her a little pocket money. And I, I, I replied when I saw the tweet and saw the other day, I was like, she must not have read her employer's background. From what I, you know, the narrative that I read with, with Sean Combs is that while he was interning with uh, the company he was interning, he not only commuted five hours one day by train uh, from D.C. to Washington while he was a student. Uh, he was a student at Howard, and he was going back and forth. But, you know, he did this on his own dime until he got his big break. And now he's a multimillionaire near a hundred times over. But I digress. Uh, I, I said this because the media, the, the mainstream media has not addressed what these young men have been doing. Uh, they are behaving badly because they believe they, they have nothing to do. I mean, these are random attacks. They're violent attacks. They are senseless attacks. They are somewhat remorseless attacks uh, just because they feel like they have nothing to do. And there is no outrage. I, I think this is the biggest troubling part for me. There is no outrage from us, the black community, decrying their actions. Instead, we are being silent. And... In my book, I talk about silence is probably the worst response one can give in retaliation to an event, especially a traumatic event, um, such as what is we're seeing with these black boys. With Trevon, we weren't silent, but that's because we brought the narrative of another race into it. In this case, both of uh, these uh, juveniles who attacked two white persons uh, the narrative of race is not being brought into it. The narrative of victimology is being brought into it. You can argue that if you want to, but that's the way it is. They are portraying these young men as victims. Not type of the victim in Martyr that Trevon was, but a different type of victim. The victim of a socialist action. Uh, by not the socialist that, you know, that's being spurted out. I'm talking about uh, where the care and the concern was not 
emphasized to do enough, promoted enough to give these young men opportunities to not be bored and do pranks and do ceaseless, I mean, uh, you know, random, senseless uh, uh, actions and activities. That, I, I don't know. But I'm still waiting for – Jesse Jackson just said he's disappointed. Come on now. You weren't disappointed with Trayvon. You spoke out. You led Riley. Uh, and and uh, Mr. Reverend Sharpton, you, you know, right now his, he's just concerned about being in Washington, D.C., getting the highlight from there. I'm, where's his outcry? Where's his where, – where are they? Where – you know, uh, well, let me stop. I'm ranting. But my point is until we address this – I'm calling it an epidemic – because these young men committed the crime and got caught. But there are hundreds, maybe even thousands of young men committing crimes and not getting caught. And their parents are not reporting their behavior. The parents are not uh, condemning their behavior. The parents are not even acknowledging their behavior, just letting it be. And before long, these young men will grow up and, you know, they're going to have the expectation that I can do what I want to and not get caught, or if I do get caught, blame someone else. And we have to, we've got to get tired, uh, like Fannie Lou Hamer, noted civil rights activist here in Mississippi. She got, she is credited with the phrase of saying, I'm tired of being sick and tired. And we black folk have got to be tired of being sick and tired of our young men getting this way. And, and we, you, you know, we can cite the statistics, whatever. We can go on and on and on. Uh, I could go on and on and on, but that ain't what the show is about today. The show is <laughs> today. The show is about you empowering you, the listener, and um, availing you. And I'm glad I have Dr. Mobley here with me today because maybe she can. <laughs> uh, let me stop. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from this break, what we'll do? We'll have Dr. Mobley on the line. We have Dr. Mobley on the line and uh, be hearing from her and helping uh, how to help us become a better us. So we'll be back right after this. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's Flowbot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. 
Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, Flowbot. Great job. Oops. Uh-oh. Flowbot is broken. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. Call or click today. Dad. Listen, we're going to go broke unless we figure out a way to divvy up the oh, shared data plan fairly. So, uh, whoever's fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair? Most dental work. What? Stop downloading and stop liking everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. Just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint. With truly unlimited data, text, and calling. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. is back and bigger than ever. Come check out MegaFest 2013, world-class lineup of special events, including sports, comedy, music, and film. We've got the Ball Up Championship and Celebrity Slam Dunk Competition, Cedric the Entertainer, and the Just Church in Comedy Show, the All-Star Studded Women of Purpose Concert, and introducing the International Faith and Family Film Festival, August 29th through 31st in Dallas, Texas, mega-fest.com. When BT made a commitment to the golf, we knew it would take time, but we were determined to see it through. Today, while our work continues, I want to update you on the progress. BT has set aside $20 billion to fund economic and environmental recovery. We're paying for all spill-related cleanup costs, and we've established a $500 million fund so independent scientists can study the golf's wildlife and environment for 10 years. Thousands of environmental samples from across the Gulf have been analyzed by independent labs under the direction of the U.S. Coast Guard. I'm glad to report all beaches and waters are open for everyone to enjoy. And the economy is showing progress, with many areas on the Gulf Coast having their best tourism seasons in years. I was born here. I'm still here, and so is BP. We're committed to the Gulf for everyone who loves it and everyone who calls it home. Hello and welcome back to Zero Today. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Again, this is uh, a special. Man, I feel like I'm just, bah, when I say that word, special. Uh, uh, you know. Anyway, <laughs> I did not have coffee this morning, so I blame that. Anyway, this is a special edition, special episode of Zero Today. And um, we're doing this because we have a very special guest uh, and a person of Dr. Janie Mobley, and I hope I'm saying that way. Am I am I, am I saying that correctly? Can you hear Dr. me, Mob- Pastor Neal? I hear you fine and clear, clear and fine. Can you okay, hear me? yes, you said it perfectly, Janie Mobley. Uh, you said it Yay. perfectly. That's usually two names people get incorrectly, but you said it perfectly. <laughs> That's because I was paying attention when you said it. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that you are here with us on the show. And again, uh, I'm, I'm glad we were able to accommodate your schedule. I know you have been very busy traveling, lecturing, doing all the stuff that you do. Uh, so I'm excited about you being on the show. So thank you again for uh, for, oh, for taking the it's invitation. My so, it's my uh, pleasure. I appreciate it. The invitation as well. Now, you are a life coach and speaker. So for my audience members my who've never heard you before, can you give them a little bit of background about yourself and uh, sure. how you came to be where you are? Sure. Um, first of all, hello, everyone. I am so grateful to be able to share with you all on today. Um, my background is I'm born and raised in Miami, Florida. And just fast forward, I graduated from FAMU and Uh-oh, with my doctorate of pharmacy degree. Yes. <laughs> I graduated from FAMU. I am a rattler. <laughs> and um, I graduated with my doctorate of pharmacy degree, so that's where the doctor comes from. And it was after graduating from pharmacy school that I started working as a pharmacist, as a registered pharmacist. And um, for many of you who may not know, and for those of you who do know, right out of pharmacy school, you can make six figures easily. You make uh, nothing less than sixty or $70,000 a year, can, regardless can of where I, you live. Guess what? Sure. My dad What's is that? a pharmacist. Oh, my, <laughs> Yeah, and, and of course he was trying to get me to follow in the footsteps, but uh, <laughs> I was you rebellious. Had a I didn't. Call. Do I well, he he's a pastor too, but uh, you know, I I changed. I was a pre med major in college, and I know this is way off, but in college I was a pre med major up until my junior year, and uh, mm-hmm. I was a, in the marching band and. Uh, Band kept my heart. Uh, my junior year, I got a job teaching part time as a band mm-hmm. director, and the rest is history. I taught school, and well, that goes. So I didn't go to pharmacy school, but my dad did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's enough and, about me. Go back into your story. <laughs> that's fine. Um, after graduating from pharmacy school, I started working. It was about maybe two or three months into me working. I was working. Um, everybody's ideal schedule or the majority ideal schedule from 8 to 4.30 every government holiday off, paid vacations, and yet I was very dissatisfied with what I was doing. And I couldn't figure out why I had my own office. I had what everybody would consider a dream, and yet I was not fulfilled. I felt empty. And it was then I said, well, I'm one of those individuals where I realized I can't complain about something that I'm not ready to change or I'm not willing to change. So I literally, you know, sought out help, and um, I invested, and I did say invest, I invested in a life coach of my own, and it was through working with her that she helped me to discover what my purpose was. And I've always been one. I've loved to inspire, encourage, motivate, and empower individuals to live their God-given purpose and to live their lives out loud. And it was through working with her that I realized, you know, hey, I I tapped into who God created me to be, and I knew that it was my due service to help others do the same. Regardless of that, I knew that my life would not be worth living had I not done what God called and created me to do. So fast forward, that's how Unveiling You Enterprises was created. And Unveiling You came from the name of my personal story. I was living a lie within myself. I lacked confidence. I, I had fear out of this world. 
I was one of those individuals that always compared myself to others, wishing that I even had, you know, certain body parts shaped like other women because I wasn't confident in who I was. And I knew then that there were other women who were going through that same thing. And once I got delivered from that position, I knew that it was my duty to help others. So I created the business of Unveiling You Enterprises, which helps individuals both um, professional as well as entrepreneurs uncover and unveil who they truly are and who God called and created them to be. I also help business owners to unveil their marketing strategies, which are congruent and authentic to who they are so no one will have to live a lie and they can live their lives out loud. So in summation, that is who Dr. Jeanine Mobley is. Okay. So, I mean, so in, in that process, in that process of, be, of unveiling you, what did you discover about yourself? I discovered one thing that I realized, which I have created a system in um, unveiling who you truly are. And one of the systems is embracing who you are. And I remember speaking with a young lady, and a part of embracing who you are, to embrace is to truly love upon who you are. That's the good, the bad, the ugly. And a part of that process is coming to grips with who you are in this moment. That can be good, that can be bad, that can be the ugly side of you. That's facing what we know as your demons. Those are your fears, your negative emotions, your jealousy, your envy. Those are embracing who you are are all is embracing who you are totally. Okay, and I believe one of the biggest challenges with us as individuals is we love to see ourselves on the with the great qualities, but we never like to look and address the bad qualities. So we begin to cover them up and create what I like to call masks to uncover who we are. So in my process, with me uncovering and unveiling, I had to pull back the layers. I had to go deep. I had to figure out where did the jealousy come in? Why did I, as a woman, who was well endowed, wanted to have, a you know, the same size butt as another woman? Why, you know, was I a woman who wanted to have thick, as you know, thicker hair than someone else? Why was there competition? Why was there a need to desire to be someone else? Why was there always a need of comparing myself to others and always pointing out my negative qualities? And I really discovered that I was my biggest critic, I realized that I had envy and jealousy in my heart, and that was something that I needed to uncover and deal with. No, it did not feel good, but it was such a place of deliverance when I acknowledged where I was and embraced who I truly was at the time. So although unveiling who you are can be a challenging place, it is the best thing that you could ever do for yourself. Wow. that You you know, you touched on a couple of things. And uh, when you mentioned a mask, I, I'm going to, you know, Bring this into a perspective from a pastor. You know, we allow that to happen in our church. So many people come to the church with masks on and leave with masks on. They just put it, uh, you know, just wipe it off and make it look cleaner than it was. Uh, so from a, uh, if you can, from from a pastoral perspective, uh, mm-hmm. how how do we uh, get them to uncover those masks, take those masks off and be real? One thing that I've learned, because actually my apostle did a series on unveiling the mask, and I thought that was so awesome because I had already created the system and the series before he brought forth that message. So I knew that I was in the line and in the vein of what God wanted to do in us as individuals. And one thing I admire is we have to learn how to be real. You know, a lot of the times 
one thing that I've heard and I, I, I'm grateful that I haven't experienced in terms of church is that people don't want to bring it raw. I mean, we live in a time and in an age right now where young people know about, you know, sex and homosexuality and death and murder and robbery, even sometimes before they're able to walk. So when people come into the church, they come with their issues, they come with their problems, but a lot of them feel like they always have to have it together before they can come inside of the church. And I believe as a ministry and as the church, we need to get to a place where we need to share with people that you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect to come into the kingdom of God. That's why you come. You bring your issues to the altar. You cast your cares, as his word says, upon him because he cares for you. And the issue is, People come and people within the church put on masks within themselves. They haven't done, dealt with their issues. So because they have a mask and they haven't dealt with their issues and they're always looking at their quote-unquote best qualities, when people from the outside come to the church, they're ridiculed. They hear negativity. So what happens is they turn around and they go back outside of the world because they feel like, hey, I have to have it all together. So from from a member's perspective, I always love to hear the raw truth. Tell me like it is. No, it's not going to always feel good, but I understand that God's yoke is easy and his burden is light, and there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So even if you bring me the truth, it may hurt a little bit, but I know it's for my good because God chastises those that he loves. So if you don't if you don't chastise me, if you don't call me out on my wrong, even despite at being a pastor, yes, you are a man, you are a woman, and you have your issues, but you're still in a position where you are, you know, ordained and called forth and purpose to tell us who God desires, who God wants us to be. So I think as a church, when you're leading individuals, it's so important to bring the truth, bring it raw. Because we're in an age right now where the world brings it while they bring it hard. And it's time for the church to step up and bring it hard and bring it raw. That's where people understand it. That's how you connect with individuals. I know even in my own business, I was very afraid of telling people my story about my insecurities and how I compared myself to others. But I realized, and I thought I had to always be polished. I thought I had to always say it perfectly. But then I understood as I began to mess up and as my coach began to share with me, can you just, just be who you are? And I noticed as I just really just let it hang out, people connected with me, even people that I didn't know, because they knew that I was real. They can see, they can identify, they were able to identify something, a quality in me that they saw in themselves. So they wanted to know more. So I think when we get to a place within, you know, Christianity and within the church where we can really peel back the layers and let people see, let people know that we have done wrong and and there are some things in us that still need to be corrected, but we're allowing God to really shift us and mold us and make us, then they will be encouraged to know that, hey, I don't have to have it all together. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I, you know, I want to pick back up on that. We've got to take a quick break. And when we come back from this break, uh, I want just to, uh, to delve a little bit more about in that, into that. But you also have uh, five confident boosters or strategies that I want you to talk a little bit about that and um, tell uh, tell people how they could, you know, get a better how they could get a better themselves. So, is that fine? Sure. Yes. Okay. Let's take this break. We'll be back right after this. You know why TVs are so easy to peel? 
so kids can feel them. Kids love cuties because cuties are made for kids. Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere. Ever. Because that wonderful, bouncy, roll-around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to their site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup.
Hello and welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and I'm joined today on this very special episode of Zero Today with a very special guest, Dr. Janine Mobley, a life coach, speaker, and pharmacist. <laughs> and uh, and she's been sharing with us on the subject of un- unveiling you. And before the break, we, we were talking about uh, being real and uh, taking the mask off. And I know you mentioned a couple of things, but for those who – there may be some people who are just joining in, joining the show. Can you go in just a little bit and touch on that? And then I want to talk about uh, um, what you have. You have a, a audio uh, that you are giving out or that's available to some people, a confidence-boosting strategy. So uh, go back and touch on the uh, – if you don't mind, touch on uh, taking off the mask, and, and then we'll get into those strategies. Is that right? Okay. Um, as I was saying, in terms of unveiling the mask, unveiling the mask is exactly what how you hear it, um, but it's metaphoric for you unveiling who you truly are, so that the world can see and the light shall begin to shine upon you. A part of unveiling the mask, one of the main steps of unveiling the mask is embracing who you truly are. Dr. Phil McGraw always says that you cannot change what you're not willing to acknowledge. And it's one of the most challenging things to do for individuals, but it's the most freeing process of all. Unveiling the mask is pulling back the layers, both good, bad, and the ugly, of who you are at this moment. I shared with you all as an example who are listening that I had masks, and, and a mask is anything or anyone that's hiding who you truly are. It's a camouflage. It's, as, you know, we people, individuals who attend masquerade balls, it's something that truly hides people from seeing who you truly are. And one of the masks that I had was jealousy. I had envy. I, um, I compared myself to others. I never felt like I was good enough. And it was hiding who God truly created me to be. So one of the things that I had to do, many of the things that I had to do, was I had to face who I was in that moment. No, it didn't feel good. No one no one likes to have bad qualities. No one wants to believe that they have, you know, negative things about them. But you, it's so important that you face who you really are in this moment if you're ever going to be free from whatever situation that you are in. So you may be one who's jealous. You may be one who's envious. You may be one who's carrying around, you know, baggage from your past. You may be one who's carrying around hatred, anger, anything negative that's preventing your light from truly shining. And when you begin to acknowledge that you have that, that's something that you can begin to peel off, to cover with something else um, and replace it to, you know, bring about who you truly are. So just for an example, because I know I was mumbling for for a minute, I'll use myself as an example. I had jealousy. I had envy. And one of the things that jealousy is is not what we know as a fruit of the spirit. One of the fruits of the spirit is love, is peace. And that was something that I had to begin to embrace. I'm a very, if you meet me in person, I'm a very lovable person. I, I do more harm to myself than I do to others. And I could, I, at that time in my life, I could see more in others than I could see in myself. So what I had to begin to do was I had to begin to love who Jenny was. Not be not for who I had this whole idealistic model of who I wanted Jimmy to be, but I had to begin to unveil the love for myself because that jealousy, that envy, that hatred, all of that stuff that I was carrying was evidence that I didn't love myself. And 
when I began to replace that with loving myself, and instead of looking in the mirror and seeing the negative of what I thought was the negative, I began to see the positive. I began to compliment myself. I began to pat my own stuff on the back. I began to, you know, pop my own collar, and that's how confidence developed. And it, I can talk about it and go on and on, you know, for it for days. But for the sake of time, that's what unveiling the mask is in summation, is just really unveiling who you are by really embracing who you are at the moment. My, uh, my audio download, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. The audio download that Pastor Neil is speaking of is the five confidence-boosting strategies. And right now, I'll just be honest with you all that we're having technical difficulties with accessing that audio. But we'll be getting that um, back up and rolling for you. But every week, I do what's known as, and I, I believe Pastor Neil um, received his last week, is I what did. I call free coaching. Did you get it? Yep. Okay. Um, it's a form of free coaching. I do um, video blogs where you get to see me in, you know, live video. And I do weekly easings. And this free coaching is something that comes to your email and it's different motivation and empowerment that God lays upon my heart to share with you all. And basically what the five confidence-boosting strategies are is it gives you five quick tips to help you to increase your confidence. You know, we hear about low self-esteem and we hear about all of these different things. One of the things that I talk about is fear. You know, we've heard, excuse me, many of you I'm sure have heard the, the one of the acronyms for fear is false evidence appearing real or false expectations of, you know, you know, appearing real. Um, we hear in the scriptures for you all who are familiar with the word that, you know, he has not given us a spirit of fear but a power of love and of a sound mind. And many of us, you know, quote that scripture and we know it avidly, but do we really receive the revelation and the impartation of it? And one thing that I, I have come to recognize about building confidence and eliminating fear is it is a constant process. It's something that you have to constantly work on. It's, some, it's not something that you can just say, okay, well, I'm going to overcome fear and all I have to do it is this one time. No, I can tell you that right now. Because regardless of you getting delivered from something, the enemy will always try to come back and challenge you with that very same thing. And you will never know that you have overcome it unless you're challenged with it again. So you will always have issues with fear because, or you will always, let me reword that, you will always begin to see fear in some form of your life, especially as you begin to elevate because you're on a new level. So he can't come at you with the same thing that he came at with, you know, came at you with about 10 years ago. So he's going to try a different strategy. So that's why it's so important that you begin to continue to pour the word of God in you and you begin to continue to feed your spirit the right things. And one of the strategies that I tell people about overcoming fear is the greatest way that you can overcome fear is by overpowering fear. Hmm. A lot of us say that wow. these are the certain <laughs> these are certain things that we want to do. Many of you may say that you want um, a business or you want to start a relationship because you were in an abusive one before. Well, what happens is the enemy will use fear to cripple you and say, "Okay, I'm not going to do that for X, Y, Z reasons, which are nothing but excuses," and Therefore, you don't do it. Therefore, you don't get results. So what overpowering fear does is when you take immediate action, or even if it's a small step, what you do is you tell your ego and you tell the enemy right then and there that and you overpower it. So let's just say, for for example, I'll use a, um, an example. Let's say you and I are talking, you're mumbling, but my voice is elevating yours. 
As you're talking, my voice is getting louder. So what happens is when you overpower fear, your fear becomes the mumbling and your voice and your actions become the louder voice. So what happens is eventually people won't, people won't begin to hear the mumble, they'll begin to hear the voice. Hmm. So when you begin to take action immediately, not stalling, not, you know, stalling starting that business, not make, creating excuses with writing that book, not creating excuses with starting that job as to why you can't do it. When you begin to take action immediately through faith, what happens is your fear is suppressed, your fear is overpowered, and you'll begin to see results. But if you do nothing, what happens is fear begins to become the louder voice, and your ability, your actions, and your faith become the mumbler, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you a quick question. And um, this is in regards to the relevance of uh, what you're saying to the the entire community. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm sure you probably heard the monologue that I did prior to the show. I believe that the black community is crippled by fear. For some reason, uh, we're in denial of that fear. Uh, how can we translate translate that 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 the, your words? You know, stop listening to the the uh, stop murmuring and, and allowing the the fears to grip. Because I, I, I'm I see it all the time when I engage young men uh, that they have a great fear of the world. They don't they don't know how to articulate that fear, but they do, and it's expressed by crime, sexual promiscuity, all kinds of things. How can we bring that message out? I mean, uh, does that message apply first? I guess that's the biggest question. Well, um, okay, this is, this is not, this is, I guess, one-on-one from Dr. Janine. At the end of the day, I believe culturally, African Americans, we are, as a culture, very separate from other cultures. And we'll just, for the sake of using this example, Caucasians. We are, on in the terms of mindset, we haven't, all of us have not gotten to, have not gotten into that place yet. And I, I don't believe, I don't believe that it's so much fear all of the time. I believe that it's a lack of knowledge and the lack of desiring knowledge. Mm. Yeah. Okay? I, yeah. I mean, because, the, you know, the, the Bible, you know, we know the scripture that, you know, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And I just added that point, that additional in there, that second part of desiring knowledge. I mean, you know, for years, and I've, I've said this before, and I'm sure, well, who cares? I'm just going to be honest about it because we can't get delivered from something that we either don't know about or not willing to face. Um, we all have, whether we want to acknowledge or not, we all have the same resources. We have Internet access. We have all of these different resources, especially if you compare um, where we are today from where, you know, where, where we were culturally, even in the 40s and the 50s. We have even greater access now than we did as a culture during segregation. Great, I mean, great opportunities. The challenge with us as a culture a lot of the times is, well, 100% of the time is our mindset. One of the things, one of the things, and how we perceive things and how we grasp a hold of things. I went to an inner city school. I went to it was majority African Americans. We all had the same opportunities. I mean, it wasn't any bias that I that I was able to see at all, and I took advantage of those opportunities. You know, we we have we look at different communities, and I'm sure you can take someone from the inner city who you know went on 
to build thriving businesses are millionaires right now. You take someone from that same someone else from that same neighborhood who decided to do absolutely nothing. What's the difference between the two? It's the mindset. Someone made a conscious decision want to get the knowledge. And they did not stop when somebody said no. The challenge with even individuals as a whole and not just culturally is that when we get one no or when we see an opportunity or a window to escape to to comfortability, we don't do anything. And it's so important that we educate ourselves and we thirst for knowledge. We thirst for righteousness. We 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 make it our duty instead of complaining about what other cultures are privy to and what it seems like other cultures have, why not take the perspective and say, okay, well, they have all of these millions of dollars. They have all of these opportunities. How are they getting it? Mm. That's the challenge with many of us. We complain, but we're not willing to take initiative, to take necessary steps. Well, why are they always prospering? One of the main things that I learned last week when we had um, Bible study, because we had a, a guest apostle come in, and he said something that was just so powerful from a perspective that I already knew, but he said a different perspective. Caucasians understand the 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 mindset between sowing and reaping. It's just like a farmer. A lot of times with African Americans, we don't want to sow time, and we don't want to sow money. And that's my right. husband always says it. <laughs> and I'm sure from a pastor, you know. I know all too well. <laughs> my husband says it all the time, is that, you know, a closed fist can't get anything in it. And as a culture, we're walking around with closed fists as if people owe us something. But you, no one owes you anything. You owe it to yourself. But instead of, you know, majority of us as as culture sit around and just complain instead of taking action. I mean, you can look at all of the rappers, even that just even outside of the rappers and those in entertainment. We'll take people, you know, you can look at Oprah, you can look at Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. I mean, different people who are making positive change in this world. I mean, you know, Maya Angelou. I mean, people, we, the list can go on and on and on of individuals who made a conscious decision to not allow where they came from to determine what their ultimate destiny was. But it's a matter of changing your mindset. I completely agree. Listen, we we have about two more minutes here, and uh, sure. uh, give the audience uh, your information. Um, what what you your website information? How to contact you? The type of clients you look for? You, you deal with and all of that. It, uh, go ahead and do that. My website is unveiling you. That's y o u enterprises dot com. I'm also on Facebook under unveilingyouenterprises.com. Um, I'm also on YouTube as Janine Mobley. That's J-A-N as in Nancy, double E as in egg. Last name is spelled Mobley, but um, pronounced Mobley, M-O-B-L-E-Y. If anything else, you can Google me. And my clients are individuals who are really looking to discover who they truly are, what their purpose is, and an increased confidence and eliminate fear in their lives and who are very serious about it. So I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, you name the social media, I'm on there. All right. So you don't you don't turn down clients, do you? <laughs> no, I well, to be honest with you, I turn down individuals who are not serious. Yeah. I I I yeah. I know it. I figured that. I was just Oh, okay. Poking fun, <laughs> just just poking fun. You you'd be surprised how many people come and uh I know as a pastor I'm 
in in counseling and therapy. How many people come saying they want change and you know they're not serious about it, so they mm-hmm. stay stuck where they are. Well, again, uh, we've come down to that. I really appreciate you being on the show. And again, uh, it's Dr. Janine Mobley uh, unveiling you enterprises dot com. Go to a website. Hopefully, she'll be able to. Uh, uh, she'll have that audio problem fixed. But if not, you can still subscribe. You get your weekly uh, uh, updates from her, and uh, it's a wonderful thing. I I, I am subscribed to her. Uh, to her uh, site, and you know, I uh, I try to get all what I can because man, I think, and and no, I don't re preach it. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't be it doesn't be in my sermon in the following week, but uh, but it, it is something that has helped me be empowered. So uh, if it's helping me, I'm quite sure it'll help you. Go to her Facebook page and like it. And uh, you you will enjoy it. I guarantee you enjoy it. Uh, thank you, Dr. Mobley, for joining us this morning. And I really appreciate, uh, again, that's unveilingyouenterprises.com. Go check her out. Sign up. You'll be blessed by it. And I appreciate it. You, uh, you have any last words that you want to share with us? Uh, One last thing is just go for it because now is your time. Yeah, I think that's what that Mary Mary song says or something like that. Yeah, go get it. Go get it. Uh, Thank you, our guest, Dr. Marbley. I appreciate you for uh, allowing us to accommodate you in your busy schedule. You have a wonderful time again. Thank you. Uh, And my guest, go promoter, sign up, follower, whatever she, you know, get on there. You'll be blessed by it. All right, you have a great one. All right, everyone, I appreciate you for joining in on this very special episode um, of Zero Today. And I tell you, I always enjoy the guests that I have. And next week we'll have another very, very special guest who will be joining us, uh, Robert Kennedy III. No, not the politician, but a wonderful and gifted young man who would be bringing us uh, enlightened words and uh, similar along with Dr. Janae. And it's all about empowerment. But he he's going to tell you how you can have 28 days to a new me and help you out with that. Uh, so that's next week, uh, Robert Kennedy the third on Zero Today. We appreciate you for joining us. Again, listen, uh, follow any other, uh, you can listen to any other archive broadcast going all the way back years. So however you want to download the podcast so you can listen on iTunes uh, or however, you know, we're available. So again, uh, thank you for tuning in. And this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Another great episode, and until next time, you all stay blessed.